Okay, survey time. Are you ready? How many of you sinned on the way? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was just a joke. Um, how many of you learn visually? You're a visual learner. You like to see stuff out there in print, right? How many of you learn audibly? You, you, you hear it. You, you learn better when you're hearing stuff. How many of you haven't figured out how you learn yet? It's, okay, I knew there were a few of you. We all learn different ways, and, and it's funny, as you talk about your, your walk with the Lord, uh, th- there are times that we learn more than others. Can, can you think back, maybe a time in your life where God just really got a hold of you, where, man, that, that was just a, a, a time of, of tremendous growth? Can, can you think of that? Some of you are like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for that one. Sometimes those are the hard times. Sometimes... Uh, th- those are the, the most difficult times uh, in, in life for you. And, and I think that, that the reason God really works in our hearts a lot during those is because we, we tend to kind of take, take all the other distractions out. Isn't that right? Um, someone told me that when you're flat on your back, there's only one way to look, uh, and that's up. Sometimes, uh, sometimes though, the, the reason that those are times of immense growth is because of the people that God has put into our lives in that moment. And, and I, don't, I don't know about you, but that, the, the second one has really been uh, the one that God has used the most in my life uh, to develop my walk with him, to, to help me to learn, to, to kind of move me past uh, where I was. Any, any of you ever feel stuck? Does that ever happen? You know, you're just like, man, I, I, just, I just can't get past. Well, there are a couple of ways that God uses to, to, to take care of that. Um, one is a kick in the seat of the pants. Any of you ever gotten that from God? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember God, God used my aunt uh, in that way. It was after mom had already died, dad passed away, and I just kind of, what do I do, you know, because college didn't really seem uh, like an option for me. And, uh, and so I just kind of just got into a funk. I was doing something I swore I would never do. My dad bought a grocery store when I was in fourth grade, and I said I'd never work in a grocery store again. And when dixie was calling my name, um, and so I was, I was working at, at Winn-Dixie and just barely, you know, just, just kind of there. And my aunt, uh, God used my aunt to give me, give me a little kick in the seat of the pants and, and, and got me moved past that. The other way is that God uses someone in your life to either pull or to push you along. And that's what I see here with, with uh, Paul and Timothy. I don't know that Timothy necessarily was stuck But I think Paul in this passage is reminding Timothy of this really important thing. Timothy, God uses community in your life to cause growth. And and so I just thought I would give that to you right away in case some of you fall asleep uh, as we go through. You know, you kind of get lulled in and and the comfy seats and, you know, the, the, the pretty lights and the shiny head, you know, mesmerizing. Here's what I want you to know this morning is that growth happens in community. Now, I know there are always exceptions to that. But, but it's been my experience, and I see it in Scripture all the time, where God uses community in some form or another, and I don't mean like community out there, I mean community in the body of Christ, that God uses community to produce growth in our lives. Let me just read the passage to you, and then we'll just kind of dig into it. This is 2 Timothy chapter 3. We'll be uh, looking at verses 10 through 17 this morning. 
Paul says, uh, by the way, just, just we do this in the Thursday morning men's Bible study, not as much as we used to, but we have to back up a few verses to get a run and start. If you'll remember in the previous passage, Paul was just warning Timothy that in the last days there will be those who come and that they will pull people away. Those who will come and, and false teachers is really what he's talking about. And, you know, we taught last time that the last days started when Jesus was born and they continue until now. And, of course, we know we are far closer now to the return of Christ than, than they were then. But we're in the last days. And that happens, and there are false teachers. And so Paul's reminding Timothy of that. And then he comes to verse 10 and says this, You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. That is the most mys I've ever read in any of Paul's writings together. My persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch and at Iconium and at Lystra which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you've learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus." And then this one that most of us have memorized, 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, and, and, and this is something that I would say to, to our seniors this morning too, is... Don't forget how God causes growth in your life. Paul is, is warning Timothy, listen, there are going to be a lot of false teachers. There, there are going to be a lot of things that are going to tend to pull people away from the truth. But, but Timothy, you know, you know how to, to not only have that firm foundation, but how to build on that firm foundation. And it's through community. Here's what Paul says. The, the first one is this in verses uh, 10 and 11. Paul reminds Timothy that Timothy had learned from Paul. Now, I, I know uh, we have a little bit of trouble, and I, I don't ever want to stretch Scripture uh, as we go along, because you may be thinking, well, that was a one-on-one -on -one discipleship relationship that Timothy had with Paul. Here's what Paul says, verse 10 and 11. He says, you, however, Timothy, have learned from my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. And you may be thinking, this looks like a one-on-one -on -one relationship that, that Timothy had with Paul. And that might have been true, except that it, you need to remember that, that the Apostle Paul in the second chapter said, Timothy, these things that you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses teach the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So Paul reminds Timothy, listen, it was in community that you grew. Here's why I think community works so well to, to help us in growth. I can, I can study the Bible on my own, and I do that a lot. We, we have great tools these days. By the way, don't use Google as a Bible study tool. Here's how you can use Google as a Bible study tool. Are you ready? When you're thinking, 
where was that verse that said, right? And then you type part of it, just the part that you remember in Google. You may be shocked, you know, where is that verse that says God helps those who help themselves? And you type that in and it's just not in the Bible at all. That's a good way to use Google to do Bible study. We have lots of other good tools. Don't, man, there are crazy people out there. Um, So unless it's somebody that you know and, and respect, don't use Google that way. We have lots of Bible study tools. You can study the Bible on your own, and you should. You should. But here's what you're missing when you study the Bible just by yourself. You're missing what Paul's telling Timothy here. You followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions. Paul is is giving us a a little glimpse into how this works in community that that God uses it to grow our faith, to, to grow our relationship with him, that we life on life work with one another. Paul obviously was a more mature believer than than Timothy. Listen, if you don't have a mature believer in your life who's pressing into life with you, then you're missing out on a lot. When we gather in community to study God's word, we get that. We get the experience from other people. How many of you would say that to some extent you've been to the school of hard knocks? Have you? I want to do that. I used to call it correspondence, but now half the population doesn't know what correspondence school is anymore. <laughs> I want to go to the school of hard knocks online. <laughs> I want to learn from somebody else's hard knocks. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be easier? Gosh, wouldn't that be a whole lot? Parents, we know that. We, we try to do that with our kids. We're like, hey, look, I don't want you to have to experience that. And sometimes, you know, they don't believe us and they have to experience it themselves. But we don't have to do that. Listen, as we we gather together in community, we get life on life with one another. We can learn from someone else. We We can gather from their experience. I don't have to go down that road to know that it doesn't lead anywhere. They did. And I trust them. There's, there's a second thing, too, in here. Uh, verse 14 and 15. Paul reminded Timothy that he had also learned from his family. Now, now I know, you know, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so I didn't have that uh, so much. But, but some of you are fortunate to have that. And, and maybe if you didn't have that growing up, you can have it now. Unless you're a family of one, and then you... Grab some people and adopt them. I, I don't know. That, that worked for me. Timothy learned from his family. Paul says, verse 14, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. Listen, the earlier we learn stuff, the more solid it is for us. Did you know that? How many of you have a hard time breaking a habit? Is that? Yeah, I mean, get it? now. except for like eating healthy and working out. Those are easy to break. Those are hard to develop. But, but this morning, some of you saw, I, I got up and left, and I thought, uh-oh, they're going to think like I didn't like that hymn or something. Um, I was sitting here contemplating, and I looked at my Bible and said, you know, I don't think I printed my notes for the message. And I know some of you would be great getting out at 1125, but, you know. 
I really studied a lot for this one. I didn't want to like let you miss out because I had gotten out of my routine this morning. We had a guy helping with sound, and, and, and I kind of got out of that and, and got here and realized that I had forgotten. The habits that we learn, the things that are formed in us early, in fact, that the formative years, for the most part, are like before they ever get to kindergarten. But then even, even early on, the earlier we learn, the better. And Paul's reminding Timothy, hey, look, as for you... Continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you've learned it. That's important. Paul just got through talking about false teachers. Listen, not everybody's going to tell you the truth. Not everybody is right. In fact, it's the ones who think that they own the truth are the ones you need to run away from. Um, if you think that for 2,000 years people have been getting it wrong, but, but this one guy, he got it right, run. That's all I can say is just run. And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. You see, Timothy also learned from his family. Now, now for some of us that didn't have that, we, we just kind of, the family of God is our family. We, we bring that in. And, and as we study the, the Bible together in, in community, here's what I think of with family. Family they're going to point out some things that other people might not point out to you. Is that ever, is that true? You know, you go up, hey, what do, what do you think about this outfit? Dad, that doesn't go together at all. Yeah. If I start dressing really badly after Hope goes away to college, you'll know why. I don't have my, my fashion expert here. Hope, what about this tie and this shirt? Ooh. <laughs> hmm. So I have to like catch Cynthia. Cynthia, what do you think about this? She's a little bit nicer. The kids just kind of usually say it the way it is. Family will point out things to you that other people tend not to. And, and as, we, as we gather together in community, small groups is the way that we do community here. As we gather together in community, you can develop those relationships with those people that, that they can say they, in love, that, that's always hard, but in love, you know, you really, you really shouldn't be doing that. I, I, I noticed this in, in your life. Hey, you don't really seem yourself lately. What's going on? And, and, they, and they don't just, because we have that. We have people do that. Hey, are, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. We, we do that, don't we? We're not fine, but, you know, we just don't want to get into it with them. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. By the way, men, let me help you out. When she says she's fine, uh-uh. That's code for I'm not, and you better figure out quickly what it is. By the way, next week's Mother's Day, I just so you know. You know that? Next Sunday, Mother's Day. Some of you guys, I see shock in your face. I know. Some of the kids, I saw shock in your face. In community, you develop that relationship with them that they can speak into your life and they can say, liar, you're not fine. What's going on? Right? We need that. I don't know about you. I need that. I, I need that kind of community. I need that kind of relationship with people. 
I'm, I'm really thankful that, that God just kind of built that into my life from the beginning when I became a believer at 15. God built that in. Part of that is just because I, I love to be around people, so I looked at, at groups all the time that I could jump into. had a great youth group. And, and the smaller group within the youth group that I hung out with, cool story, you may have heard me tell this before, but there, there were four of us that, that in our Sunday school class, this is our ninth grade Sunday school class that, I'm sorry, 10th grade uh, Sunday school class, that, that we, man, we were always there, those four. Do you know, and, and I don't even remember who our Sunday school teacher was, but do you know that all four of us ended up in the ministry? Isn't that cool? God just, God just used that and and man, we were like the, I don't know why they call them the three musketeers, because there were four. Uh, I don't know which, which one of us don't get counted, but, but God uses that. That, that you, can, you, can, you can work with one another. You ever hear of heavenly sandpaper? Some of you are like, yeah, I work with some of that. But God can use us in, in, in one another's life that way, like family, because really we are. But you don't develop that here as we gather together to celebrate on Sunday mornings. You develop that in other places where, where you just get that hang out and do life together. That, gosh, I, I read here with, with Timothy and Paul, and, and you can tell that they did life together. Timothy couldn't see Paul's patience on Sunday morning. We can all be patient for a little bit on Sunday morning, can't we? Except for the drive here. Sometimes that's hard. Um, and we live like a sixteenth of a mile away. So, but all these things that Paul mentions with Timothy indicates that Timothy did life with Paul. That's how he learned those things. You've heard it, and and I have too. And and it sounds a little quaint, maybe, but it's true. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it was cool. Did y'all notice that rhyme? Anyways, I said just stick to the script. No. It's, it's more caught than taught. In fact, we're, we're going to see as, as we head into this last part of the passage today that, that the caught part is really what it's talking about. And, and you get that life on life with one another. And then Paul reminds Timothy, listen, that, that's true in between those, those two passages because these guys who, who are, are teaching this false teaching, they're going to be around. Timothy, you're going to have them with you. So it's important that you stick with what you know to be true. And, and then I, I see verse 16 and, and 17 is really, really kind of Paul reminding Timothy, Timothy, here's how you stay on firm ground. So graduates, let, let, me, let me just remind you of this. Here's how you stay on firm ground, because this world will tell you a lot of things, a lot of things. In fact, the, the older I get, and I'm still pretty young, just so you know, uh, nobody laughed at that one. I, we're going to have to get a laugh track in there, so you guys know when I'm kidding. The older I get, the more I see this, and, and it's unfortunate, I, I pray that God reverse the tide that the church is becoming more informed by culture than culture is by the church. As I talk with people, I just realize that our world is informing us as a church more than we're informing the world. Paul says, Timothy, 
Here's what you need to stick to. Verse 16 and 17. All Scripture is, in, and I read from the English Standard Version. Yours may say inspired. This one translates it very literally. Is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God, that's not just a, a sexist statement, that the, that the person of God, the believer, may be complete, equipped for every good work. Listen, it says two things about Scripture that you guys need to know. First of all, it's God-breathed. Now, now, we don't have time to get into it. This would be a fun series someday to talk about the reliability of Scripture, Old and New Testament, that we have. But, but Paul is reminding Timothy, Timothy, you can count on this. God has made sure that what we have is his word. It is God-breathed. Now, theologians differ on, was this, uh, did, did God use the personalities of the writers or how that actually happened? I believe that he did. You can read that. I, I think you can see that in Scripture. But this is the word of God. God breathed. I love that. And, and that's the way it reads in, in the Greek. It's God breathed. It came out of his mouth. So that's the first thing. The second one is it's profitable. Listen, th this, this isn't just something from a bygone era. Oh, that was great for those guys in those days. That, that was great for grandma and grandpa. That was great for, for Moses and for Noah and Jonah and, you know, those guys. That, that was great for them. You know, it doesn't really have any relevance. We tend to think that. Paul says, Timothy, no, it's profitable. It's useful. It's helpful. And then he gives some ways that it is. Here's what he says. He said it's profitable for teaching. The, the word here is really instruction. It's not a knowledge thing. It is instructing that, that, that you learn how to this way. It, it's profitable for instruction, and, and we know that, right? How, how do we know if something is true or not? It's from God's word. We say this a lot, and to some extent it's true, that, that it's a shame that manuals don't come with children, right? We had an awesome pediatrician who gave us this little book. She said, you call anytime you need to. We had a nurse hotline. You call anytime you need to, but I put most of the things that, that I know, the most common questions, in this little book, you know, baby's crying, won't quit, you know, read through there. Have you tried this? Have you tried? Oh, diaper. Yeah, that's right. No, they don't come with a manual in that sense, but, but man, let me tell you, there's a lot of instruction on how to raise a child in God's word. It's profitable for reproof. This is not a word we use a lot these days. Uh, the, really, the idea behind this word is it's profitable for pointing out error. And, and there's really two sides uh, of this. It's profitable for pointing out error in teaching. Hey, listen, when the world says something, if you want to know if something is true, you, you look at it through the lens of Scripture. What does the Bible say about that? Uh, particularly things that are happening in, in, in our current culture, our current world. You know, how, how do we know? A, a fun thing that I do with, with our students from time to time is we, we talk about UFOs and ghosts, right? Because that usually gets their attention right away. You know, what are ghosts? 
Well, our world says that ghosts are, are people's spirits. When they die, somehow they get trapped here, right? That's what the world says. Um, you can go right down the street, and they'll tell you that up there. They even, I won't say her name, because we have a kid by that name, and she's in here, she'll freak out. <laughs> That's what the world says. And, and, and if, you, if you're not careful, and, and you kind of go along with that, then you're going to find yourself going to someone and trying to talk to that Uncle Bob. And you'll talk with somebody, but you have to look at, at that through the lens of Scripture. If there's a spirit, is it dead Uncle Bob? The Bible says that, that it's appointed a man once to die and then judgment. Never in Scripture are we told that, that when you die that your spirit hangs around for unresolved issues. Never. Paul says to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And, and so, so if it's not Uncle Bob... Who, who is it? Well, it's a spirit. Which spirit would pretend to be dead, Uncle Bob? Would that be the angels or the demons? Well, it wouldn't be an angel. It'd be a demon. You're going to talk to somebody, but it's not Bob. It might be Beelzebul, right? So, so we do that to learn to look at things through the lens of Scripture. It's profitable for pointing out error. Listen, there aren't ghosts. There are demons and there are angels. Those are the spirits that we have. The Holy Spirit lives in us. But it's also profitable for pointing out error in us. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, says in Hebrews. Man, isn't that great? It, 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 can, it can, like, divide the, the, the nonsense from the truth. And it can do that in our lives. You ever been convicted reading Scripture? <laughs> I hope so. You're reading through and you're like, oh, no. That, that's when you would like the... I had a Bible, new Bible one time that some of the pages stuck together. I was kind of afraid to open them up because I might have been really convicted by what was between them. It points out error in us. God just does that through his word and his spirit. Isn't that cool? So it's profitable for instruction. It's, it's profitable for reproof. It's profitable for correction. This is a little bit different than the previous. This one, the, the, the idea behind this correction is means a straightening. In other words, pulling back in line with the truth. So if you think of the truth as a path and you're walking along the path and you tend to get off of the path a little bit, what it's talking about here is, is God's word is profitable for bringing you back in line with the truth. And, and as we learn to do that, as, as we learn to look at everything through the lens of scripture, God will do that. In fact, Paul talks about it, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 that we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. Let's let our minds be informed by Scripture, not the world. And as we do that, we, we start to see things a little bit differently. God pulls us back in line with the truth. And then finally, I, I love this one. It's profitable for training in righteousness. I love that one. Any Star Wars fans out here? Did you know yesterday was May the 4th? May the 4th be with you? Yeah? Because... Because may the fifth be with you sounds like the Sith, and I don't like that. You know, that's the bad guy. Um, training in righteousness. This word training is the same word that we get Padawan from, young Jedi. Training in righteousness. It, I'm not making this up. You go look it up in Greek. It's, it's padia is, is this word. 
And it's the same word that we get Padawan from, a Padawan learner, training in righteousness. And listen, parents, this is something we need to remember for our kids, but we also need to remember for ourselves. Training in righteousness, we tend to think that it looks like this. Hey, look, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. That's telling, that's not teaching. If it worked that way, then that old saying, do as I say, not as I do, would work. But it doesn't. Training in righteousness means that we're joined with somebody. That's why community is so important. That, that we learn, and Paul talks about this with, with Timothy. Timothy was a Padawan learner. <laughs> Paul said, you, you learn from me, my, my conduct, my, my patience, my, my life. Timothy, you, you saw me. Uh, we were talking uh, earlier uh, John promised if I stubbed my toe, he'd mute me real fast. And I said, well, don't, don't worry. Yeah, he's going to do it now. <laughs> don't, don't worry. But bad words don't come out. But, but Paul w- was saying, Timothy, you've seen me in persecution. You've seen what comes out. You've walked with me through life. And, and this training in righteousness carries that kind of idea. Listen, growth happens in community. Let me encourage you to to do this as we close today. If you're not in a small group somewhere, and we have Sunday schools that meet at 930. uh, We have two men's Bible studies now, um, and and it's really confusing. One is Tuesday night at 6, and that's here. One is Tuesday morning at 6. and I just want to see if you're paying attention. You guys are good. I told you it was confusing, and I just illustrated the point. Tuesday night at 6, Thursday morning at 6. The Tuesday night is p.m. The morning is a.m. If you can't remember that, just show up every night here at 6 and every morning at Dave's at 6, and you're going to catch us one of those places. We have the, They're not doing it now, but they'll pick back up. Ladies, Bible studies, find a small group somewhere. There's, there's something about life on life as we study God's word that God uses to grow us in our relationship with him. And God uses it in big ways. Paul was reminding Timothy, who was a pastor of this. Seniors, let me remind you of this. Find a place that you can study God's word with some other reliable people. There's some wacky people out there with some reliable people. You find somewhere you can get in a small group and study God's word with them and do life with them and give them permission to speak into your life. Say, hey, (laughs) you're really messing up right now. And I don't want to see that for you. Or, (laughs) hey, I love the way that you study God's word. Can you show me how to do that? That would be cool. Make sure that you're in a community together where you're studying God's word because God will use it. He'll use it. Let's pray. Father, I I thank you for your love for us. God, someone wrote a book long ago, It Takes a Village. I don't know that that's true. God, I know it takes a church. 
And I know in my life personally that it's been in, in, in those more intimate, smaller groups that you just really have, have, have used that to, to grow me. God, the list of people now is getting too long that you've used to really uh, work in, in my life. But I pray that, God, you would help us each to see just how profitable it is to study your word together with other believers. God, I pray that just as, as the family of God here, this church, Lord, that you would use us in one another's lives. That we wouldn't just gather here on Sunday and then we all go our separate ways. But, but God, we would do life together through Christ. And Lord, that, that you would use that to unify us. Help us to be of one heart and, and one mind, one purpose. And God, along the way, I pray that you'd use it to, to draw us closer to one another and closer to you. Lord, this is our prayer in Jesus' name.